0: Wendy is joining us via Skype today because she is up in uh, Gauteng and uh, quite a few bits and pieces to take a look at, including the question of whether retailers in the online space are complying with the Consumer Protection Act, particularly when it comes to the issue of customer returns. We'll answer a listener's question about taking photographs inside stores and alert you to a scam that is targeting uh, newbie employees, really cruel one that's taking advantage of people who are eager to please in a new role and are vulnerable as a result. I hope we'll have time for some open line calls as well. You are invited to join the conversation on 021-446-0567. You're welcome to send your question through as an SMS to 31567 or a WhatsApp to oh seven two five six seven one five six seven. 1567. Hi Wendy, nice to have you with us even if it must be at a distance. Hello
1: Pippa, good to be with you. I'm just tro- tro- chuckling looking at my, my Twitter feed out Tweeted earlier um, mm. a, a press release I got from the post office. Uh, the SA post office has suspended its mail service to Russia. The, U- the Ukraine should be just Ukraine and Belarus. And the answers, the responses from people are hilarious. SA finally imposes crushing sanctions on Russia. Do we have a postal service? I thought they've suspended them to all the towns in South Africa. Let's go and have a look. It's hilarious. Not what the post office had in mind, but there you go. Um, So. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, a little birdie
0: told me a lot of their vehicles aren't operating today either because apparently um, Mm. some unpaid Avis accounts in the mix there as well. So whether they could have actually delivered it post to russia belarus and, the UK and ukraine is another matter entirely
1: there's a very very long list of of countries there included in that press release um to which they do still um which they do still service send mail to, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't intend for that to, to provoke um, comedic responses, but um, I suppose you can understand it, um, anyone who's ever tried to post anything of late yeah. and, or and get something We need to overseas. find our reasons
0: to smile where we can find them, Wendy, so we'll take it. Exactly. Them.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> right. So, today we're looking at a few things, as you said, and the first uh, one was um, prompted, I must say, by a personal experience. Okay. Um The question is, do you look at a company's terms and conditions before you make payment? And the answer is, yes, of course you should. You really, really should, especially when you're buying online. But I have to admit that I don't always take my own advice on this by wading through all the T's and C's, especially when I'm dealing with a major established brand. But clearly you have to because it is astounding, really, how many companies have devised terms and conditions which don't actually comply with the most fundamental provisions of the Consumer Protection Act, mm-hmm. CPA, and the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act, the ECTA. Um, and they include things such as um, the ECTA's cooling off period for online purchases. And this is the advantage that you have um, when you buy online as opposed to in a store. I talk about this a lot, but people, mm-hmm. most people don't really get the distinction. So if you go into a store of your own will, you're not enticed into the store in any way and you choose to buy something, um, you are expected to make sure that it suits you, that you want it because legally, they don't have to take it back at all. If it's, unless it's defective, they may choose to, but it's very unlikely that you'll actually get a refund, you'll get a credit note or or, um, uh, exchange. But when you buy something online, the Electronic Communications and Transactions Act Section 44, to be specific, says a consumer is entitled to cancel without reason, without penalty, any transaction and any related credit agreement for the supply of goods or services within seven days from the date of receipt of goods. The only charge that may be levied on the consumer is the direct cost of returning the goods. The consumer is entitled to a full refund of such payment within 30 days, in other words, a month of the date of cancellation. So, Uh, But, you know, this is flouted quite widely. I recently dealt with a case of an online company which said in its T's and C's that customers do not have the benefit of a cooling off period because payment is made via a third-party payment platform. No way. Yeah, absolutely. So – um, okay it, so it is very much worth checking.
0: Definitely. Okay so really really important I know we we, we go over this ground often but the, the number of complaints that continue to come in tell us we need to go over this ground Wendy because people still get confused around the differences. So buying online that cooling off period is there because you can't see the goods touch the fabric exactly. feel them in store as you would in an actual retail uh, place. So even if on. it arrives and yes. it's you know it it really isn't what I thought I was buying you can send it back without penalty. Even even if there is no nothing wrong with the item. Um, Wendy, so that's the cooling off period. The other one that gets people really confused is the sort of built-in six-month warranty you've spoken about so often.
1: Yes. And this is because um, the stores, I don't think, do a good enough job of, in their terms and conditions and their notices that they have up, they don't just differentiate between the return of a defective item Um, and the return of something that's just not what you want anymore for whatever reason you've had a change of heart a so-called change of heart in which case they get to determine whether they're going to take it back or not and what the what conditions they will attach to that so it's usually within 30 days it must be in a resaleable condition you must have your proof of purchase and all that kind of thing yeah um so they will have um you know they'll say no refunds but yeah, that only applies if it's a non-defective return. There's a completely different set of legal provisions if something is defective within six months. It's totally out of the retailer's hands. It's put uh, imposed on them by the CPA. So if something fails in some way, it stops being fit for purpose within six months of purchase, you, the consumer, have the right to take it back and, um, Assuming, of course, that you didn't cause the problem by mistreating it in some way or contrary to instructions, but you have the right then to choose the remedy. And this is what the big thing that the CPA gifted us 11 years ago. You have the right to choose a refund or repair or a replacement. The store doesn't get to impose and choose that uh, remedy for you, which is what always happened before the 1st of April, uh, 2011. Yeah. But if you look at at T's and C's, um, you will often see reference to you know if it fails, um, or if you don't like, if you if you're not happy. Well, that's very vague. If you're not happy, then um, no problem. We'll ref- we'll will replace or, or repair. Um, it's it's very very vague. So. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay.
0: so just to, to recap again, big, big difference between changing mm-hmm. your mind and deciding actually I don't want or don't like this product versus this I bought this product. product, Yeah, yes. this product which has nothing wrong with it other than that I've decided that actually I don't like that shade of blue or the shoes don't work with the dress I thought I'd wear them with. Very big difference between that and this dress has actually got a fault in it. The seam is ripped or the shoe has a broken heel within one day of wearing it. That is a totally different set of criteria that apply and it's. In the latter case of a defective good that you have that right to choose a refund replacement or repair now wendy the other thing that often gets people confused and angry is when items are offered for sale on an online platform and you place your order and pay your money only to then be told actually they're out of stock it's a very common complaint and it's one you encountered this week
1: Yes, it is. So I um, actually ran this past uh, Trudy Brookman, the Cape Town-based uh, uh, consumer attorney, and she said, yes, that actually falls under Section 30, which is the uh, of the CPA, which is uh, called bait marketing. And they said, if a company can't supply a product you've ordered and paid for, uh, within a reasonable time, then they need to source an equivalent from a competitor at the advertised price. That's just, it, it, nobody ever does that, but obviously it follows in that you should also get a refund if that's not what you want. Reasonable time, though, is very subjective. Some online retailers appear to think that six months is a reasonable time frame, while others, I mean, obviously consumers don't consider that reasonable at all. So this whole business, and it comes up time and time again with. With different cases, I take on involving online retailers about around that um, you order, you pay. The um, if you go and look at the delivery times, it'll state you know between five and ten days or ten and fifteen days. Sometimes it's a working days. So be very careful of that little word "working" put in there or business yeah. days, because that makes a huge difference. Um, and then the response is, um, well, sorry, there's been a delay. You know the. The, you know, in the customs or the ships coming from China or or it's out of stock. We had a run on that product. And and often it's a technological thing where the companies um, that they haven't invested in the technology for them to update stock levels. Yes, um, All of which is not um, really <laughs> conducive to creating a consumer-friendly experience because there's so much, you have to invest a lot of trust when you buy something online. You're paying up front, something that you've only seen in a photograph. Um and you you know really wanting to get it what what they put up there what, what they yeah. displayed in the photograph and the time frame that they that they promised so anyway what happened to me was um I placed an order with uh, the decor company Corycraft for what they call an accessory product. It was an outdoor lantern in my case. On Monday, I received an email confirming that uh, confirming my order and giving me new information, which didn't sit well with me, and it's uh, akin to what we've just been talking about. So the only information I had about delivery times, which I did check before making my payment, was um, on the site under accessory orders. Uh, It said this, depending on your location, your order will usually be shipped within two to four business days after placing your order online. Um, But the email I got on Monday, so I was happy with that. Um, The email I got on Monday said, the items you've purchased appear to be very popular and is out of stock. On back order. So that is now very open-ended, and I wasn't happy with that. Yeah. Um, not when you're paying for something up front. Um, and I felt that the information should have been disclosed before I made payment so that I could make an informed decision. Mm. I actually needed it for a gift or I needed it for a function, and I'm going to now try and find it somewhere else. Um, the other thing that irked was that I was informed by, that by clicking on the tab, um, confirm order, I was accepting the company's terms and conditions. So you'd expect there to be a link in that email to their terms and conditions. That's best yeah. practice, but there was no such link. I had to go um, out of that out of email onto their website, look for it, find it. And that's when I discovered that the returns policy of the company uh, appeared very, to me to be um, not compliant with uh, the ECTA and that there was no cooling off period with respect to online orders. And and certainly with regard to if products were defective, there wasn't the six months. Um, you know, you get to return it for your choice of refund, replacement, or repair in there. So my personal experience then became a media query because it's obviously goes way beyond my little experience. Um, so yeah, um, I said you know the the, the terms of the um, refund policy were were too vague this if you're not satisfied thing this is, is not specific there was no distinction made between change of heart returns and defective ones and um, yeah I, I put it to them and um, I got a rather swift response okay what did Cory Croft say in response so um, retail exec, exec Annabelle Bean Johnston uh, first of all phoned and then emailed me she was refreshingly candid I thought um, about me saying that you know it was not on to tell me only after I'd ordered and paid that the product was out of stock. She said, yes, absolutely. Purchasing online takes a huge amount of trust and no small part of that is knowing that you'll get what you pay for when you were promised to get it. Your experience of only being told after your payment was processed that the item was on back order is unacceptable and is the result of our very manual website not updating the stock levels of your chosen item. We are, And I think that goes for a lot of online retailers. We are currently building a technically sound website that will display correct stock and price information, which will prevent this type of customer non-experience uh, in the future. In the meantime, all items are manually removed from the website when they reach a minimal level in the warehouse to ensure that we don't sell out, as happened to you. I'm investing why your lantern had not been removed. But suspect our flash sale on couches drove accessory sales beyond expectation and the lantern stock out fell through the cracks. And then she told me that my lantern will be delivered this week after all because they found some stock, not in the warehouse, but in one of their showrooms. So okay. I was very appreciative of that. Um, I'm aware it's news time. Shall we continue yes. afterwards or shall I just quickly well, You know what, we're almost,
0: th- almost done. So let's quickly okay. wrap up the rest of her let's response. Quickly
1: write. Okay. She said about the T's and C's, a link not being in the email um she said, thank you for pointing this out, uh, that you can't just click through on the email to our T's and C's. Such a simple oversight on our part. I've already spoken to the marketing team to rectify this and about the returns policy not being compliant with the Act. She said um, that they, they started reviewing all the T's and C's two years ago pulling, making sure they all were aligned on all the different platforms. But you said co- during with COVID, things got lost. We were just trying to keep our business afloat and our staff employed. At the start of this year, we started the ball rolling on on, on compliance we've done. And um, our next step is to make sure that everything is compliant. Um, And not only that, in easy to understand language and as well as not just legally compliant, but reflecting the generosity of spirit that we espouse. So all in all, I thought that was, I was very glad that i brought it up. Um, and I thought it was a, it was taken in, in such good spirit and with such open, you know, mm. our bad and we're going to fix it. Open to correction. So yeah. um, I was left feeling quite good about it. And I'm certainly going to follow up to see that they fix they fix what needs to be fixed. Um, and yeah. so the lesson is that it doesn't matter how big or what a national platform a company has, do go in, especially when you're buying online and just check that um, you are going to be afforded the rights that you are legally entitled to.
0: Wendy, thanks for flagging it uh, once again. Cape Talk. Consumer
2: Talk. Call now on 021 446
1: My uh, sister in Auckland, New Zealand got her Christmas card yesterday thanks to the South African Postal Service with the nice 50-year celebratory icon thing, whatever. And uh, yeah, it was the 2020 Christmas card, not even the 2021. So yeah, well done South African Postal (laughs) Service, good job. Oh, we laugh instead of crying, Wendy. Oh, my goodness. My, my friend in Durban, her daughter is um, working on one of those Disney cruises. Yes. And on the 25th of February, exactly two months after Christmas, she got the Christmas card that her daughter sent her oh, from the States. Yeah. Okay. So, I um, got the number right, just the wrong month. Just the wrong month.
0: Okay. Uh, right. So, back to T's and C's before we move on to the next issue. Quite a number of people responding, Wendy, including a lovely WhatsApp in from. Sally, who wants to say thank you for the regular reminders about the six-month return policy. Sally says, I'd bought hiking boots from a branded store and before the six-month deadline, the parts that had glue holding them together had all come apart. I took them back and the young front-of-house lady was insistent that the most I could expect was a voucher for a future purchase. Armed with your advice and Section 8 of the CPA, I persuaded her to refer to the manager at the back. He was horrified at the obvious face of the boots, and I got a full refund into my credit card account. Thank you both for your informed advice. It gave me the courage to stand my ground. Lovely message. Oh, Sally, that's thank lovely, you.
1: Sally. And I, I, I've, I'm so happy to hear it because I do often feel that I'm banging the same drum and that perhaps listeners and My readers are thinking, for goodness sake, why do you keep telling us this? But my inbox tells me that this is the most misunderstood part of the act and the one that we deal with most often as consumers. And so I feel duty bound to just regularly remind people so that it, you know, keep reinforcing, keep reinforcing. And it might just hit somebody when they just need to hear it. So thank you, Sally.
0: Okay, thanks for that. To the person asking about the beans, we've answered that question three times in three successive shows and we can't do anything more until you send us the details by email. So can I please just ask you again to send me an email to h at capetalk.co.za. We cannot help you if you do not tell us um, the barcode on the beans, the expiry date, the date of purchase and all the other details that we need to be able to take up what sounds like a very important issue of a retailer not taking uh, a suspected compta- contaminated batch back that they are legally obliged to do. But we can't do anything more until you send us that information. So please pop me an email to at pippah.capetalk.co.za. We will gladly help you, but we do need you to help us help you with that information. Uh, Wendy, this is uh, an interesting one. Somebody asking, what are the consumer rights for auctions? If you go and view the product, find it working only for it to no longer be functioning after you've won the bid. Does the CPA apply there?
1: No, unfortunately, it's the same story with private sales. So, if you buy um, a car at an auction, um, you you are um, not allowed to drive the car. You you can um, sort of you know, inspect it. You can look at the mileage of the claimed mileage in some cases. Um, uh, you can take its details down and um, get a hold of the manufacturer concerned and ask for its history as much of it, as they can tell you they won't be able to tell you if it's been in a, a crash but they could tell you if the services were kept up or that sort of thing and that's about as, as much protection as you could give yourself um, because um, this, the Consumer Protection Act um, clearly states that um, it, it uh, there it doesn't come the CPAs six months warranty doesn't apply as and it doesn't apply if you buy a car privately either it needs to be from a company from a dealership so it you know you they, I would I've often said there are great bargains to have to, to be had on an auction but um usually only for those in the trade that really really know what to look for um and and can and they, you know know how to separate the lemons from the great deals um for some ordinary people without that um, specialist um insider knowledge i wouldn't recommend it.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Right, um, we're staying with T's and C's of a different kind. Ernest is on the line from Durbanville. Ernest, I believe your question relates to T's and C's on a banking app or or online banking. Good afternoon.
2: Hi, good afternoon. Um, Yes, if you go on to, well, with Standard Bank's online banking, before you can access your information and before you can actually do any transacting, you actually got to click and say that you accept updates to their terms and conditions. Um, the last time I also checked, which was not so long ago, I think it's point uh, two or 3 on their terms and conditions. It actually states very clearly that if you actually utilize any of the electronic services, you know, which would mean, for example, drawing money from the auto bank, going, uh, uh, paying for your goods w- with your card, etc., that you automatically accept any updates to their terms and conditions. Now, I don't understand how that can work because they could change interest rates. They could change, take things off your insurance policies and everything else. It's extremely vague. And I don't understand that it can actually be acceptable that even on internet banking that you need to click and say that you accept things in order for you to access their services that you have paid for before. Um, I'd like to hear what uh, Wendy's views are on that. Thanks.
1: Thanks, it's- Thanks, Ernest. It is a bit of a tricky one. I'm actually sitting in the office of the Ombudsman for Banking Services right <laughs> now, um, and I, it's certainly something that I will raise with the Ombudsman. But um, certainly if, it, if there was something um, in the in the change of the terms and conditions um, that uh, was deeply prejudicial to you as a customer um, and not in keeping with the banking code and various other things, um, it's and you later complained, obviously, um, well, one would hope that um, the bank concern would be taken to task. What I would really like uh, for me to investigate this, it would need to be um, a, a, an example of something that you were pretty much forced to accept by using the, the electronic services—a um, change to an existing uh, term and condition that um, you know was deeply prejudicial that you were kind of you know strong-armed into, I had no choice kind of thing—and then I could investigate that. Um, but I understand totally earnest that uh, that um it kind of does get up your nose a bit when you feel that um you 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 don't really have a choice um in accepting um that you know allowing them giving them carte blanche to to, to fiddle around with existing contracts um mm. I totally get that but it happens for example the banks, a few of them, you you you, you would have an overdraft facility and you would only get charged interest or whatever if you used it. But then suddenly, oh, if you just have the facility, you, you get to pay a certain amount in a fee. I remember that one getting up mm. uh, many um, bank customers' noses and there have been many others. But it happens and we're going to get to one a bit later with the cell phone companies. They all do it. Um, they all do it and they blame you know, radically changing circumstances and other such things. Um, But yes, it's not very consumer-friendly at all.
0: Ernest, thank you for your call. While we're talking banking, just a, a learn by somebody else's hard example in this case, Wendy. A WhatsApp in from somebody who says, My husband was advised to order a replacement card on the F&B app and was given the option of metal or plastic. He thought metal would be a better option since his plastic card had stopped working and saw that it was free if your e-bucks level was three or higher but didn't hmm. notice the cost. We now see on his bank statement it was 1,000 rand and yes that is Gosh. not a typo, 1,000 rand. He tried to cancel it but F&B has refused to cancel the card. Um, so yeah, okay, so re- there again the importance of reading the T's and C's even when you think um, it's a well established brand and there's no need to. Sometimes it's it's at great cost to yourself not to do it Wendy.
1: Yes, you did mention the word free though, did that apply to the delivery of it only, not to the actual card itself?
0: The wording is, he saw that it was free if your E-Bucks level was three or higher. I'm not sure if they meant the the card itself or the delivery.
1: Yeah. Oh, perhaps, but perhaps this, he wasn't on that level. Uh, that's what sure, I'm guessing—that maybe he hadn't yes, reached that level and okay. didn't read further. Okay, this is what the free. Yeah. Okay, oh yes, as we keep saying, very important to read the small print. But yikes, who would have thought it would be that expensive?
0: So beware the high cost of the metal alternative. It's and metal thank you um, uh, for for just flagging that for others to 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 be alert to it. Okay, before we move on, we've got a terms and conditions related, I think, voice note that's come in. Let's take a listen.
1: Hello, Pippa and Wendy. Um, I've got a quick question about purchasing heaters um, when you purchase a heater in store you can see all the specification the wattage the power etc cetera, etc cetera, but you don't actually know how effective it will be in your home until you take it home so what would the CPA say in that case if you buy a heater and then get home and it does not do the job effectively this is Vicky. That is such an interesting case because I often have this. You know, somebody buys a blender and it doesn't, you know, um, deal with the little seeds that they're putting in their smoothie effectively, or yes, or an aircon or something where you have a certain e- expectation of how it will work um, and it doesn't fulfill that expectation. That wouldn't in itself be defective unless, I suppose, the product was you know, way out of sp- what you would normally expect of such a product, but the wattage and all those technical things that most of us kind of brush over because you know we don't we just we don't do fussed with it we're not very technically minded. Um, as long as those um, are met, so that the declaration on on on, as I say, wattage and whatever, um, that is not misleading. That you don't really have any recourse. So the. You know, the the consumer's rights come with responsibilities. And when you're buying in a store, um, that would include um, making sure that the product would be fit for purpose. So engaging Mm -hmm. with the salespeople. If the salespeople mislead you, um, then that would be a case of mis-selling. But certainly to do your own homework, both in-store and just, um, you know, Googling in terms of, um, you know, what – What um, I've had it in the last few months with air conditions, people people saying in our various heat waves that you know the the fan wasn't cooling enough or the aircon. You know, you know the capacity of your room, you know how high the ceilings are, you know where the sun hits, and all those sort of things. The manufacturers can't know those things. So even though it's off-putting and takes a bit of time with such technical things, um, specifically around heating, cooling, blending, um, we need to do our, our own. Homework because unless you're buying it online, and even then it needs to be in a resaleable condition if it's mm. just a change of heart, right? And so you're yeah. not really going to be subject to, you know, the, the cooling of Perry is not going to work for you. So all I can say in a very long-winded way, sorry, is that, um it's actually defective or there's been a, some misstatement about its capability um, you you wouldn't have, it wouldn't be classed as defective and you wouldn't have um, automatic recourse. Okay. Legal recourse.
0: The next question I think would be a different answer though. This is somebody who says, I bought a dress last week from Superbalist, so an online platform, and after the first wash the stitching holding the straps is coming loose can i return it
1: yes definitely and i'd be very surprised if they um if there was any pushback um i would just say um that uh, please do take a photograph yeah. of the product i had a case uh, just in the last week where somebody returned a pair of shoes they were not defective but um she just didn't didn't fit right or something and when that the the, um, refund was denied because the shoes were worn and dirty so somewhere along the line that happened that she didn't have a photograph of the condition she sent them back in to prove it so whenever you send something back whether it's defective or change of heart do just take a photograph of the issue or of the complete product um, so that you have some uh, record yourself of, of how they left your hands
0: Gulp I just handed over my superfluous box yesterday and I didn't do that oh. Wendy <laughs> but <laughs>
1: well, I'll, let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know
0: I'll let you know okay uh, before we run out of time Um, Can we skip ahead to the scam? Because, Wendy, the story is just so awful. It's targeting people who are so vulnerable in the position of starting a brand new job and targeting them via a platform that we think is doing us good in terms of establishing our professional profile. Um, You were tipped off about the scam doing the rounds that is literally catching out people who are brand new in their jobs.
1: Yes. So this happened to Eric. It's not his real name because he's too embarrassed to be identified, but he is based in Cape Town. And he fell for what is known as the newbie employee scam. Uh, Very recently, it cost him 11,000 rand. That's how much he'd spent before he realized that he'd been had. So he'd landed a new job. As you said, he was very keen to make a good impression. So when he got an email from his CEO, so it came from in that person's name, in his inbox, asking him to do him a favor, he was – super keen Um, and the email went like this, hi Eric, I've got a request can you handle it discreetly, let me know if you're available to help out, of course he said yes I am, just name it and the email response said I've attended a dozen Sorry, he told me that he's attended a dozen internet privacy and security conferences over the years. He's even hosted a few regarding social media privacy and security for parents and teachers. He's read so many articles about how people are scammed, and he always thought I'm far too smart for any of that, Uh, but this time he wasn't. So the follow-up email from the CEO went like this. Here's what I want you to do for me. I've been working on incentives, and and I aim to surprise some of our staff with gift cards today. There's always a bit of an urgency with these scams. Mm -hmm. He asked Eric to buy five iTunes gift cards, um, all to the value of $66, which is a thousand rand in value. Um, And so he had to leave his desk and go off and buy them um, using his credit card to pay for them. Uh, And so that's how he lost his first five thousand rand. to make things easy, he was told, how oh, devious is this, scratch off the back of the gift cards, take a clear photo of each gift card showing the pins, and email images to me here with the receipts for reimbursement. I'd like to send them out with personal messages. So, of course, Eric complied in a flash, and he was then told to buy another six cards, which oh. he did, maxing out his credit card. But the fraudster wasn't done, of course. They keep on and on until you realize. Um uh, he says that the so-called CEO came back and said, I think we need a few more for our clients now. Maybe five would do it. Suddenly it's gone from coworkers to clients. And that's when Eric went on to WhatsApp, because obviously the boss was on the group, to confirm that was a personal email with his, with his boss, which he should have done in the first place, yep. confirmed con- uh, confirm the instruction. He didn't get a reply for 20 minutes, the reply saying, is this genuine, you know, um, uh. And uh, this, so then he sent an email to the boss, this time hitting you know, a new message. Not <laughs> just replying, but hitting a new log, message. Not just reply yeah. to the one he'd got, yes. Um, he, he said at that point he still hadn't quite grasped that it was a scam. But 20 minutes later, the real boss responded via WhatsApp. It's a scam. It's not me. Forward me those emails. Oh, yeah. He then engaged with the staffer on Apple's uh, support help desk and – That person very kindly filled him in on what had become of his 11,000 rand. The gift cards were all redeemed within minutes by a single Apple ID. The money was then transferred through uh, through a few apps. He says um, he wasn't able to give me specific names on which apps, but he was able to tell me that it was used in cryptocurrency apps. Mm. Uh, Apple can't trace the money from that point because, in their experience, the money is usually – uh, uh, passed through those crypto apps and transferred into currency and then banked. If the gift cards had been redeemed and the money not used, Apple could have reversed it, but not in Eric's case. It's obviously why it all happens within minutes. Uh, the scam is Apple ID has been blocked as, as has their device, but clearly that won't stop them. They can get new ones very easily. Eric was told, and this is what you, what you alluded to at the beginning, Pippa. Eric was told that LinkedIn is the scammer's favorite source of information. These guys usually watch and monitor companies for a few weeks or months before targeting new hires or people that have been in the same role for a few years even. A recently hired colleague, colleague of Eric's was also targeted on the same day but thankfully Eric had alerted his entire staff about the scam before she'd even opened her emails that day and his learning was don't buy gift cards without speaking to the person on the phone or in person if you're buying them on behalf of someone <sighs> um, which he course re- now realizes he should have done but 11,000 Rand, ouch and he thought he was pleasing his new boss, it's just as you say it's very cruel. It's so awful because you can
0: understand exactly how you're eager to please, you want to prove yourself willing to work and of course you're going to jump when your boss asks you to do something you're going to say how high Uh, but do just (laughs) take the time to confirm in person. Uh, Wendy and that's an important warning that your LinkedIn profile as much as it can be a a very useful self-promotional marketing tool can also be a a very useful source of information about you for those with nefarious uh, intentions so Eric I'm sorry So sorry it happened to you, but thank you for being willing to share your unfortunate experience that everybody else could learn from it. When do we have to wrap things up there? Thank you as always for uh, all the stories you tackle on behalf of our listeners and uh, look forward to having you back in studio with us next Wednesday.
1: I will be in the studio indeed. Thanks, Papa.
0: Just a reminder, if you would like to flag a case for Wendy, the best way to do that is to send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Please put Cape Talk in the subject line and please make sure that... All the relevant information is contained in a single email. You're welcome to attach things if needs be, but make sure it all comes in one single email with all reference numbers, dates of purchase, etc. available uh, in that email.